And so I, I present my dear friend, a man that carries the presence of the Holy Spirit on his life. Would you give it up one more time for Gary Heine? Would you do that? Amen. I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but when I come to Faith Chapel and I'm in the worship time, have you ever seen or um, thought about like on, on TV or, or these movies where there's this like a person that is in, in space and the galaxy is just floating in air and the galaxy and whatever? And that's kind of what I feel when I come and worship the presence of God, that I'm just floating in His presence. And He just keeps giving me like downloads and downloads of what, what He's saying and what He's doing. And, and we, sang, we sang these songs the first service, and the second service we were singing the one about, You've Never Let Me Down, uh, You've Never, uh, I forgot exactly what it says, Never Gonna Let Me Down, You've Never Let Me Down. And all of a sudden, it just, it just spoke to my spirit that that is a prophetic song that you're singing right now. Because you are proclaiming what you have gone through, but now what you're going to see. And what God is getting ready to do for Faith Chapel is amazing. And I don't just say that. It's not just words. I'm telling you what God is showing me in the Spirit. And when we talk about the king and David and his anointing this morning, and we talk about the anointing of the king and the oil that flows down, and you have had, as Faith Chapel, you have had, this is what the Lord showed me in prayer, you have had the anointing of the king. And with the anointing of the king, you have seen the power demonstrated of a king. And by the power that you've seen miracles and healings, you've seen uh, supernatural provisions. And so all of that has come because of that anointing of a king upon this house. But God's saying today, he's getting ready to add the next component to that anointing, and that is the king's authority. There's going to be a spiritual authority unleashed upon you. And now that is going to be coupled with the power of the king, of the anointing, but you are going to have the authority to walk in, in spiritual authority. And when I talk about that, Pastor Brad has been anointed, and he's had that, that uh, anointing oil poured upon him. But I saw that anointing oil coming down off of Pastor Brad and coming on to many of you, Pastor Blake and, and Josh and, and Joe, and, and I, I don't know all the names, but I just saw that anointing oil coming down and that, that transference of that kingly anointing to walk in the authority, and God is going to take you and set you in geographical areas, and you are going to have spiritual authority over those regions. 
And the important thing is that you understand that you are going to be carrying the DNA of Faith Chapel. A lot of churches are so worried and so um, uh, preoccupied about how many people we can get on Sunday morning. But Faith Chapel is, is more concerned about how many people we can reach during the week. And when God gives you the next, uh, the next building, don't get too attached because it's temporary. Hey, God is getting ready to expand, expand what you're doing. And you'll have a place to meet, and it'll be your own, and, and you'll be able to meet on Sundays, but the real ministry is going to take place outside. And he's setting up the kings around this region from Faith Chapel. And I asked Pastor Beth this morning after the war, I don't understand why anybody in this area wouldn't want to come to church here. To be able to just to absorb and to set in the, in the, the presence of God like this. Wow. Phenomenal. So God is getting ready to do something huge for you all. I'm going to talk a little bit about it this morning in the message, but we were talking about Samuel's house in Venezuela. You start to imagine the worst things, and that will describe Venezuela right now. They put people in jail. Not because they've committed crimes, but because they look to be, that they may be uh, a threat. The kidnappings, the, uh, uh, the banks that are being taken over, there's no cash. Everything's by, by debit card. And, and like Pastor Brad said, the electricity goes out for several hours a day in, in some areas for several days at a time. Some of the bigger cities don't have electricity, they don't have running water, and they don't have trash service. If that's in the big cities, you can imagine what it's like in the rural areas. The oil production has just nosedived. It's, it's just, I, I don't like talking about it because I don't want to sound so negative. <laughs> But in the midst of tragedy, God is showing up. God is showing up. And people are being won to Christ. And our pastor in Caracas, he told me when we were just there that they, they go into the elementary schools, the public schools, and they, they feed the children. And Unbeknownst to him, they were in a, in a public elementary school, and after it was over, a lady came up to him, and she said, I'm the superintendent over all of the schools in this, in this uh, county or state. She said, would you come and talk to me? And he went into her office, and they met, and she said, you have an open door to any of our schools that you want to go in. God is doing some amazing things. God is touching lives. And the food 
It's just uh, what's happening to be able to feed so many people and how God is multiplying it and using it is just everything's a miracle. The whole, the whole from start to finish is a miracle of how it's happening. And uh, hope I'm going to be able to share that one day in uh, how it all took place. But you talk about in other countries, you know, you had Brother Andrew. I met him uh, in, in Holland just a few years ago. Brother Andrew, when he went in, he was God's smugglers. And you talk about and you hear about all these, these uh, phenomenal, incredible miracles. You're like, how can that be? And that's what God's doing in Venezuela because I still believe we're going to see revival in Venezuela. And so pray with us. Thank you so much for that incredible, generous offering. You don't know how much it's going to help. Thank you. Thank you. You know, in Venezuela, they think because I'm a gringo that the North American government helps us. In North America, here, they think that because we're in Venezuela, the Venezuelan government helps us. And you know what? Neither one of them help us. And so it's people like you who say, hey, I want to be a part. And so thank you for being faithful and obedient to what God has, has laid on your heart. And I can tell you, it is not in vain. It is not a wasted investment. It's going to reap a harvest. I want to share from 1 Samuel chapter 16 this morning. 1 Samuel 16, delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. Now we know the story where God told Samuel to go to, uh, to Jesse's house and there he will find the next king and to anoint him. And so he went. And he talked to Jesse, have you got any sons? Yeah, I have all these. Bring them in. He brought them in and lined them up. And he went down one by one and said, no, it's not him. Uh, no, not him. No, no. And finally, it was almost uh, out of frustration, I'm sure, when he said, don't you have any more? Is this all you've got? And he said to him, they're still the youngest. But he's tending sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. There's a message in that. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He is the one. Now you know, David, from the time that he was anointed to be king to the time that he became king, there were at least seven years. And during those seven years, during that time, it was not like he was being groomed or prepped uh, in, the, in the palace or in the king's house. He was in the cave. He was running for his life. He was back tending sheep. 
It was not easy. And for seven years he was saying, but God, but God. You know, a lot of times if we're not familiar with the prophetic, a lot of times when we receive a prophetic word, we assume that that word means today. It's going to happen today or tomorrow. But that's not true at all. What it is is God is giving you um, like a road sign for your spiritual journey. It's like this is where you're going. This is what I'm going to do in your life. God will never reveal His complete will for our life a one time to us. You know why? Because we couldn't handle it. It's too huge. And so what God does, He reveals uh, prophetic words and He gives us different road signs along the way to let us know that we're, on, we're still on the right track. But it's during those times that we wait and, and we're anxious. And it's like, oh God, hurry up. God, I want to get there. God, you've told me what you're going to do. Let's just make it happen. In Venezuela, I am not known for my patience. And I go and I say, come on, let's get it done. And they go, oh, you gringos, you're just so impatient. You know, in our human nature, we are impatient. We want, come on, God, let's do it. Just get it done. I want to move on. I want something else. And God is in his own timing just saying, take it easy. Just relax. Just enjoy. I think I've shared this story with you. Several years ago, a number of years ago, we were trying to buy a piece of property in Caracas for a church, church building. And it was down to the wire. I needed $50,000 to be able to, to uh, sign the contract. And if not, I'd, lost, I'd lose all the money we've already given. And I'm like, $50,000, and I, I tried everything, and it was to no avail. And I am frantic. I'm like, God, what do I do? I prayed. I've done everything. And I thought about one guy out in California. And I knew that this one guy, he, God used him in, a, in incredible ways. God really moved in, in the gifts of the Spirit through this man. But at the same time, I knew financially he could meet my needs. And so I write an email, Ben, and you've never done this. You said, I need you to pray with me. I have a need. I need $50,000 in two weeks to buy this property for the church. And I am full of faith. I'm believing God. Man, God's going to speak to his heart. He's going to say, oh, no problem, Gary. God spoke to me. Yeah, God told me to do it. I'm going to give you the money. A few days later, God, uh, Ben writes back, and he says, Gary, just enjoy the ride. Like, dude, it's easy for you to say, you're not under the presser. But you know what? The Lord began to speak to me about that, and I've taken that as a, as a theme in my life, to enjoy what God is doing in your life 
today. We get so focused on the future of where we're going that we forget what God's doing today. And so he said, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy, appreciate what God's doing today. And the reason a lot of times God doesn't give to us immediately what we're wanting is because He wants to appreciate wants us to appreciate what He's doing today. Why do we have to wait? We ask God, but when? How long do I have to wait? You know, Faith Chapel has received many prophetic words, have been uh, received many promises from the Lord, and some of them have been fulfilled, but some of them haven't yet. And that's normal because it's in a process. It doesn't mean that you're disobedient. doesn't mean that God has given up on you. It just means there's a timetable. Now, God in His sovereign power, He can just speak the Word and say, so do it. So be it. It's done. But you know what? That's too easy. And then we're like, yeah, look what God did. And we just move on. What God wants us to do is to learn to appreciate Him for who He is and not what He gives. So why do we have to wait? And I just saw Faith Chapel being as a type of David when all these other brothers were were standing in line and David came in and God spoke to the prophet and said, he's the one. I believe that there there are other spiritual brothers, churches around that are doing great things for God and you know, I am no way speaking negative about any of them, but they're, they're doing good things and great things for God, but they, they get frustrated and they don't understand why God blesses Faith Chapel so much. Like, I don't understand it. We're doing more than they are. We're giving more than they are. We have a better facility than they do. And it's just like all these brothers, you know, there's one that's the most, most handsome, the other the strongest, the other the most intelligent, and, and the prophet walks right past all of them and says, no, nope, not them. And they come to the run, said, yeah, he's the one. And I think God has chosen to put his hand upon Faith Chapel with the David's anointing because he trusts you. He knows your heart. You are not putting your confidence in your, in your might, in your intelligence, or in your, uh, your looks, but you have learned to, to seek God and His presence. And God has responded. The anointing of David is upon your church, upon this body. God does not look on the outside, but on the inside. And on the outside, you may not look as, uh, as appealing as some other churches in the area, whoever they may be, but you know what? They don't have the heart that you have. And today, just to bask in the presence of God in this place, 
is worth more than millions of dollars. Hmm. And God is going to lift you up above other churches, not because you're more special, but because you have made a commitment to follow after God, to seek God. And that comes with a price. That comes with a sacrifice. But you have decided that you're going to do it. And God is going to honor you like He's honored David. A church after God's own heart. Don't grow weary. Don't give up in good doing. Don't question why. Just know that God is working on your behalf. It's going to be bigger and better than you've ever thought. What God's going to do. Why do we have to wait? One, because it builds character. What time do I need to finish? 12.30? Okay. Ish? Wow. One pastor told the evangelist, you can preach as long as you want. We all leave at 12. Why do we have to wait? Because it builds character. In David's life, David had a chance to kill the very person that was hindering him from achieving the the promise of God in his life. You know what he said? I can't do it. I can't. I won't do it. And he spared his life. He spent his time in the cave. He had the three groups of people, the depressed, the, uh, the down and outers, all of those that were there with him as his army. But in the midst of all of it, when he was discouraged and, and, and down in the dumps, he began to meditate and think about the goodness of God. And you know what happened? A transformation began to take place in his spirit and his mind. And he began to write spiritual hymns and songs. And we have the book of Psalms today because of God's, uh, because of David's relationship with God. Because it builds character when we wait upon God. It builds your dependence upon God. He won't lie. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. Our dependence is upon him. It's not upon some, somebody that's so smart or so intelligent or so rich or their contact. It's on God. And God showed Patty and I several years ago as we had different people, as we were building Samuel's house, we had some guys who were, were wealthy who invested. And then when, the, when a, per, um, uh, a certain portion of the, the project was done, they said, okay, that's all I'm going to do. I'm through. And I'm like, oh, God, we need them. And God said, no, you don't. You did need them, but that season's over. Now as you enter a new season, I will bring you new life. And so don't ever get dependent upon something or someone and you think that God has to flow through them. That's not true at all. God has his people. And as we're dependent upon God, then we can never say it was man that did it. Your dependence upon God, it builds your faith. 
And God's final plan is not what you see today or what He shows you today. But it builds your faith. In Joshua 6, 2 through 5, God spoke to Joshua and said, this is what you've got to do. Take the people and go down to Jericho. And you're going to march around Jericho one time for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. I can imagine what some of them are thinking. Oh boy, here we go again. Wonder who he's been listening to. <laughs> Another one of his ideas. Others probably said, you know, I'm not physically able. I can't do that. How does he expect me to walk that much? Others probably said, you know, I just, I just I'm, physically I can't do it. Others said, I'm too tired. You know, there's probably some that said, you know, I can't, I can't do that. I just burned my Nikes. But they went. They went. And when they got there, they marched. And on the last day, when it was time to march seven times, I bet there were some that wanted to sleep in. And when the bugle sound or the trumpet sound or whatever it was, the ram's horn, they pulled the cover back over, said, oh, let me sleep just ten more minutes. There were others that said, I'm not feeling good. But I bet there were those who got up early in the morning. They had their coffee. They had their time with Jehovah. They were ready to go. They were out polishing the ram's horn and said, come on, let's go for it. Let's do it. Today's the day because they had faith in God that he would do what he said he would do. It builds your faith. And then it builds your obedience. You know, David was anointed king, and you know what he did? He went right back to pasture to tend the sheep. I don't think I would be that spiritual. If God told me I had just been anointed king, I would start thinking, okay, now what palace do I want? Who will be my staff? And I'll start, no, David went right back to where God had placed him to tend sheep. He was obedient, and he walked in that obedience. You know, many of the promises of God in the Bible come with conditions. If my people pray, if you obey me, it's obedience. And so David obeyed the Lord and went back to where he was at to continue doing what God had called him to do in the moment. You know, I've had, had different people in some of our churches that they're like so super spiritual that they can't, once they get a prophetic word, it's just like, okay, man, God's going to do it. God's going to use me. I'm going to win the world to God. Oh, how are you going to do it? God's going to do it. Whenever he says, and you know what? 10, 15, 20 years later, they're still sitting in the same chair. Because they never got out and did it. They were still waiting for God to do some kind of wild, miraculous thing. 
It builds our obedience. We learn to follow Him and seek after Him and do what He tells us to do so we don't sit around just waiting for it. And the other thing, God is preparing you or maybe someone else to make it happen. Moses spent time in the desert, and God was preparing him for his destiny. Elijah told Elisha, just stay here. No, I'm going with you. The waiting period is so important because that is what molds us and makes us who we are in Christ. It's important that we don't waste that waiting period, that we keep working, we continue doing what we know to do. And then God will make it happen. Some of you have been in a holding pattern, waiting on God for your family, for your children, maybe for a spouse. You're like, but God, when? Just be faithful. Keep praying. Be obedient. Do what God has told you to do, and He'll take care of it. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. God. You know, we don't like to hear this, but the Bible says, like one day is as a thousand years in the kingdom of God. That's like don't ask for patience, you know. Like one day, a thousand years. Like, well, in, in dog's life, I must have been, you know, like, because I've been waiting a long time. But you know what? It's not long to God. Take advantage of the time that you're waiting for. What God's going to do is going to be powerful and awesome. Hold on to your promise and don't listen to the negative. And when God does the miracle and you have your own place and people say, how did that happen? You're going to look back at a school in, uh, in, in these different schools where you started. And at that moment, you're going to say, you know what? That's our heritage. That's our heritage. We worked for it. We contended for it. We prayed and interceded. We sacrificed for it. That's why we have it. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. God's words are yea and amen. He cannot lie. He will fulfill His word over your life, over your church, your family. Stand with me, please. Father, we love you today. We just thank you because you are so, you're just so awesome. And we sing about it today, that you're so faithful. You've never let us down. And even in those moments when we've said, why, Lord, what's happening? I don't understand. But even in those moments of confusion, in the moments of trials, the hand of God was upon your life. And he's molding you preparing you that when the time comes for Him to deliver His promise to you,
that you will be ready for it, and that you will appreciate it. And I can just tell you right now, get ready. Get ready. Oh, yeah, we've heard that before. No, I'm telling you today, get ready. Get ready. God is going to do it. God is going to do it. And Father, I just ask for that kingship anointing to be released in a fuller measure than ever before, that they will walk with spiritual authority. to achieve what you've called them to do. God, you will begin to expand even the, the vision that they've had as a church. They will be able to do more and reach more than ever before. God, I pray for families that have felt like they've been on hold now for some time. God, I just pray that you would just, that you would just bring a breakthrough to their life right now, that they, that they could see that you've never let them down, you've never given up on them, but you're still in control. And we just say today, Lord, I'll still serve you. I still serve you. I'll still worship you. God, I thank you for that. David's anointing, that king's anointing upon this body of believers. Power and authority to take dominion of this region of Missouri. Not for our own benefit, not for our own good, but for the kingdom. For the kingdom of God. And God, there's so many that are blinded by so many things of the world, and others are even blinded by things of the church that they need the salve of the Holy Spirit applied to their spiritual eyes, that they can see and be healed and restored. And you're going to use Faith Chapel for that. Thank you for them. Thank you for Pastor Brad and, and Pastor Beth and their family. God and her grandmother that's here today. Lord, I just, I just thank you for the heritage. The heritage that they have. And God, that there's been... Parents and grandmothers and grandpas who have invested in prayer and in intercession. And this generation is the fruit of their prayers. What you're doing, and not just her grandmother, but so many other families. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for them. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Oh, we just stand in your presence this morning, today, Lord.
Speak, my Lord, speak, my Lord. Speak, and I'll be quick to answer thee. Lord, right now, I just pray for homes that are represented by families of Faith Chapel. God, that you would just heal, restore, set free. You would just bring liberty and peace and healing to these homes. That they would be a refuge for people to come into. God, I pray for businesses that are represented here today. God, I pray that you would multiply, multiply. What they're doing. God, that you would honor them, that you would expand their influence. God, you would give them the testimony to tell other business owners, this is God, it's God. And Lord, I still believe you for young people who are going to be so anointed with the ability to create apps for different, um, different phones and apps for different programs, that they're going to become famous and well-known. For those that are going to become athletes, that will be well-known. For young people who are going to be creative and create other inventions from this place, and when the media comes to interview them and ask them, how did you come up with this? How can you play like that? They're going to say, it's God. It's God. God gave it to me. And Lord, I just, I just sense such a uh, holy reverence of your presence here right now. God, that you would just confirm into our spirits of what's being said today will come to pass. And we believe you and thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, you're good. Thank you, Lord. Amen.